Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the John G. Orals podcast, without which life would be incomplete and have little or no meaning. Joining us from Skokie, Illinois, is the man on the beat from johngsbeat.com, Mr. Jonathan Barnabas Robleski. I had a feeling you're going to go with something with an X, like an Xander or Xavier. Alexander. I tried Xavier. It didn't fly. Um, well, there's other X's. Sure. Well, I, I don't know. I So I, I I looked up the name to see, like, you know, I because I, I thought, well, you know, that sounded that sounds like something that could be your middle name. I could see Barnabas. You, I could see you being a Barnabas. You know, it's a, apparently it's of Hebrew origin. It means son of comfort, uh, a companion of Saint Paul the Apostle Barnabas, uh, accompanied the saint on his missions. Um, so it's just like you accompanying me, the saint. Wow. Um, on my wow you know you really you really went around for that one i i just think that it just seemed it seemed appropriate but i'm wrong wrong again though you're not a saint and i'm not hebrew um buddy the name is eric saint vaughn so you can't uh eric saint vaughn is dead you can't Eric, eric saint vaughn lives in the hearts of many many so how are you no, you newer listeners don't even know who eric st vaughn is so no, they probably, they'll be like they the probably, whole thing for them they probably don't but hey google it and you might just be surprised to find out what you do so exactly so i so the other day i get a i get a a, a text from this guy a uh a, a photo of him after having snuck into Northwestern's was it Northwestern? What was it? He the got into the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he snuck into the he, he snuck into the uh, uh, <laughs> broadcast booth and took a picture and was like, "Hey, wait a minute, what?" You know, like he was you know doing a commentary or something like that. You know, now he got in there before the game and before anyone had been in there probably you know the janitor left the door open or something and this guy snuck in there but he uh got a fake picture sent it to me and was like oh that's that's great buddy whatever whatever does it for you so i'm glad wow so, wait you just late my whole weekend did you have a good time at uh i mean you, I were, did. There, I got a you little... were you were clearly there so i mean i'm yeah. sure you would at least watch the game you know well there was a lot of games because there was it's it was, there were four teams and they played you know a playoff system and there was double elimination uh northwestern won their game so they they had the privilege of playing on sunday and the other team miami of ohio had to beat them twice to to advance in the playoffs and Northwestern fell behind, and they passed them, then they fell behind again, then they passed them, and then it came down to the ninth inning, bases loaded, or the seventh inning, I'm sorry, because it's softball. Bases loaded, bottom of the seventh, Miami has no outs, bases loaded. Is the seventh and, inning the last inning in softball? Do they not yes. go nine? They don't go it, nine. Why don't they go nine innings? They just hit seven. That's ridiculous. There's no reason they couldn't go two more innings. It's not a point of that. Why? Why isn't it? There's no reason for MLB to go two extra innings. I guess. No, I guess you're right. You're right. There's no. It, you know, it is what it is. You know, however many innings you do it in. I guess. Anyway, go ahead. But it, and but it, so bases loaded, no outs, and uh, Northwestern's ace pitcher got out of the jam. The place erupted, and it was a standing rolling crowd of over two thousand people at uh, Sharon J. Drysdale Field in Evanston. Man, and and uh, yeah, how many, a, how many people does that place hold? Do you think if you like? Uh, I believe it's approximately two thousand. So it was a full crowd. Oh, it was more than full because um, in the outfield they only have seats in like right field to center, kind of. The rest of it is there's the another arena there. And so not only were all the stands filled, but there were people sitting along the fence in the outfield. So probably two or three deep there. So that's like another I would guess if I had to guess, I'd say there were probably about twenty three hundred people there yesterday. Wow. That's great. That's a good crowd. Yeah. 
mostly uh mostly purple you had a few because miami's red you had a few bits of red in the crowd but it was obviously it's northwestern's home bound, bound to happen sure you yeah. know get some people representing that's okay it's good to have and I, yeah, I, I interviewed a few of the players after the game talked to the coaches uh mingled yeah. with some parents it was a good time you mingled now they go to what do you mean? Let, let's wait rewind a little bit you mingled okay. with some parents what what does that mean well, some of the parents of the players. I was talking to them, getting you know little quotes from them about seeing their child playing on the big stage, advancing in the playoffs. I court. guess you can relate to them because you're in the same age group. So I guess <laughs> actually most of them are younger than me. Uh, that's that's right. Well, I mean, think about it. the players are like 18, 19. Their parents are like 40s. Man, yeah. Well, it's better that you didn't procreate anyway. So that I know of. I could be that I could be some of the some of the players could be my grandchildren thinking about it. 17, 18 year olds. It's a frightening thought for anyone in any endeavor if they find so a man who has a cat and, and no children himself. So yeah, well, cat's a hell of a lot easier to take care of. Oh, um, definitely. Much, much cheaper. Definitely. And no uh, even on her worst day isn't as dramatic as a child could be so you are correct but uh, it was a good good time northwestern now advances to the super regionals yeah. in alabama if they get past that then they go to the college world series of i believe it's eight teams uh they went there last year they have a good team i honestly don't think they have enough well i really don't think they have enough to win the whole thing because oklahoma is like 42 and one this year in Northwestern. Um, so like... they're, they're just a powerhouse. Yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah. Well, you know, it's the old David and Goliath story. You know, you never know. It could be, it's, it's the Ray Mysterio big show lineup right there. You know, it's, you, you never know. It could you happen. Cut him gonna... off at the, cut him off at the knees, bring him down to your level and then break him up. You know, you never know. Hey, Miami was not supposed to beat Kentucky in this region and they did which is why they faced Northwestern in the final game here. So you never know what might happen. Well, that's, uh, that's damned exciting. Damned exciting. It was good. And what have you been up to? I bought some sunscreen today, which I don't, I'm not, it's, I'm not a big uh, sunscreen guy, but you know, the, the weather's starting to turn here and uh you know, I've talked about it before, but just to kind of refresh some people on the uh, in the, in Illinois here, if you are in the Chicago suburbs, uh, there's something called the Illinois Prairie Path, and it's something I ride my bike on quite a bit. It's a gravel path, but it once was a railway that was centered. It's it it uh, it's centered in Wheaton. Uh, it branches upward north to Elgin south to aurora and east out to first first avenue in uh maywood of chicago which is out east oh right so i've written to the end of all three branches of the prairie path and i've lived fairly close to the prairie path throughout my life and when I was a little kid, uh, probably around five, six years old, I was riding on the prairie path in Elmhurst, Illinois, and rode it a short way because your parents would only let you go so far and stuff like that. Yeah, the tricycle at this point. No, man. I might have had training wheels, but I was not on a tricycle. I Teenage years, training wheels? Take it easy. Take it easy. I took my training wheels off when I was 24. <laughs> I was fairly confident at that point I could do it. So, but, um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, but the thing is, is the weather's turning around. And even though I tend to go earlier in the morning because it's cooler out, you know, at like seven, seven thirty in the morning. And, uh, you know, if it's going to be like an 85 degree day, it's better to get out there early before it, it gets up there and everything. So, but regardless, the sun is still out and I apparently, I never used to burn, you know, I always, I've always had just like a really like, you know, beautiful tawny tan to myself, you know, very just, just beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful tan I used to get, but now I just turn red 
And so I, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. I'm not up there as, as fire up as you are, obviously, but I mean, like, so I bought some, you know, I decided I was like, all right, I should put some sort of sunscreen on, I guess, you know, everybody's on my ass always about the sunscreen. So I got some today. So that was a big thing. Uh, the other big thing that happened this week was I have for the first time been thrown out of a Facebook group. <laughs> if you can believe this, it. this wasn't a golden girls facebook group was it no 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 because they they understand fandom um so Let's here's so here's what happened okay so i stumbled somewhere in the last six months i stumbled across this facebook page for babylon 5 and it was it was just like i'd see some of the you know i see some of the posts that they make and the memes and and the comments and stuff like that and it's like it's a small community of people who have any appreciation for that show so i saw it and eventually i just started following it and it, you know you know and i just watched it I, I certainly had nothing to contribute to it by any means but i was just you know observing and everything but recently i picked up a t-shirt from tpublic.com, free endorsement right there. Uh, tpublic does a lot of uh, t-shirts by uh, artists, yeah. but but they don't they they don't use anything that's copyrighted, but they can use references to pop culture, whether it's music, TV shows, movies, any of that sort of stuff. And so I checked out their Babylon 5 section one day and I found a few shirts that I actually liked. Now, I just got one to start, but I got it. And then I thought, wow, I actually have something I can contribute to this page because the fans will definitely dig this shirt. Right. So I send I so I post the photo of me in the shirt, plus the uh, line and uh photograph of the part of the series where it's relevant and post it up there no i no commentary nothing like that just the photos just leaving it as it is and um the next thing i know like a bunch of first off like a bunch of people loved it and they were just like that's a great shirt where can i get that that's awesome you know so i posted the you know the the website and everything for it and everything and um and then like within the day within 24 hours like whoever the administrator of this thing was and this is just some dude's site you know this yeah. is not like some this is not like the wb because right. they're all by warner brothers this is not like a warner brothers official site or anything like that and the administrator cuts me out of the thing because i am showing unlicensed merchandise saw that coming on there and i'm just like all right sh find me a store or a official website by anybody involved with babylon 5 where they're selling babylon 5 merchandise anywhere we're not taking away from anybody out there who's well, trying to make this yeah, but aside from that even why weren't you given a warning like delete the post a guy would delete the post give you the right order. just say something be like hey man you know we're not real wild on people like wearing stuff that's not licensed or something yeah of course you could have just you know taken it you know real casual but no it was like a hard line and it was like you're out of here bang Wow. I've never been thrown out of a, out of a, you know, and like I could care less, but I mean, I still just was like, wow, of all the things I could have gotten tossed out of a Babylon five, uh, fan page. I just, and, and every, and like I said, everybody who was like fans and stuff who was on there, we're all loving it. They were all like, that's a great shirt, you know, but it was all it was, was a phrase that was said on the show that's it no logos no nothing and like it's not that exactly infringement no it's just afraid i mean like you know yeah it's like you it, it's they know what they're doing they they're not looking to end up in court you know being sued over copyright right. infringement you know they just you know you find like a slogan or something from a tv show or a movie or something like that you find an artistic way to deliver it and you know so like one of the shirts i because 
these actually make really great gifts and you got to wait for them to go on sale because everyone's because they generally are like 22 bucks a piece but if you wait about once a month they get down to 16 bucks and uh so i got my brother's favorite movie in the world is airplane and so i went on there and looked for airplane shirts and uh uh i found a t-shirt that said um <laughs> it was just like a real like kind of vague 70s graphic of a plane going down in the mountains and it said you'll never get over uh macho grande and if you know the movie you know what that means so it's a really deep cut yeah you know but it's like it's one of those things where like if you're ever like in the grocery store and somebody sees that and they're like that's a great shirt you know then you know you got someone who's like a real true fan you know so that's what i like about these shirts and everything but yeah so i i got this one shirt no big deal here's what it said it said went to zahadum didn't die that's it do you know what that means i have no i assume zahadum is is a place and within the babylon 5 universe right and and went and there you didn't die i went there i didn't die i mean like to the average He's person that means nothing at all and yeah it's like it, and like look hey if warner brothers wants to make these t-shirts and sell them then i'll buy them from them but you know anyway i once got in trouble similar way before the internet i was wearing uh, I, I was at a mall i bought a shirt kelvin and hobbs the cartoon comic strip right i don't know right right like yeah i was a fan kelvin and hobbs shirt just a big kelvin face you know and i was wearing it sometime and, and i forgot who it was but some knucklehead like verbally starts attacking me going well that's not a licensed product and i'm like dude i i don't know like it was in the store i bought it how do i know well you know the guy whoever bill watterson is the writer he doesn't license any of his stuff it's never out there but i go well he's got books i know that those are licensed like hey yeah you know well you shouldn't be wearing that you're you know you're promoting unlicensed I'm like I, I have a nice day right well what do you say we bring our guest on the show? I'm dying for it. I'd rather talk to him than you. <laughs> He's interesting. So let me key, let me uh, uh, tee this one up here a little bit for everybody here. So uh, our our guest today is is a uh, accomplished uh, musician. Uh, goes by the name of the Boundless. Uh, I've seen him perform live at least twice, I believe. Um, I at uh, at some of the shows that my uh, brother has been a part of. Uh, we had him on our uh, previous episode, Professor Click, and uh, but uh, Nick is an interesting uh, uh, person, and he's uh, his performance style was something that really grabbed me. You know, on the last episode, we talked about um, how um, my brother was going to be playing a show with uh, with Nick, the Boundless, and Roy Bod, and a couple others, uh, and uh, I believe it was Nevada Hardware, and um, I can't remember the DJ's name, but um, really, I was impressed. He was, uh, I believe, he opened uh, the main set up for everybody. And one of the things I was really impressed with was just his, uh, he had these gloves and a lot of my, you know, a lot of this type of music is run through what they call controllers, which look like big squares with just a bunch of pads on them and stuff. And they've been pre-programmed with certain sounds or beats or loops or whatever the case is, something my brother uses a lot, you know, in conjunction with his other stuff. But what Nick had done was, is he came up with like the, he has these gloves where he's assigned all of these things to. So he can literally stand on stage and to the beat, jump around and he's like hitting certain, you know, fingers and things like that and stuff. And I was like, that's, that's pretty awesome. 
So I delved a little bit more into his catalog and listened to more of his stuff. And I really like his style. It's, it's again, it's, it's electronic music. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, he, he goes all over the place, but uh, one of my personal favorite uh, albums I listened to of his though, was a lot more uh, laid back and esoteric. So um he's got a he's got a variety of uh, of styles and he seems to collaborate with a lot of people too so i'm going to ask him about some of that and uh i'm fascinated yeah. by the gloves that you're talking about i, I can't wait yeah to no i i i mean i don't i i i don't want to make too big of a deal about it but no, i but it's it, just a great concept it was something that i was really intrigued with i want to know you know how that came to be and and what have you so um uh fortunately he has been very gracious to accept our invitation to come on that show so uh at this time let's welcome to the show nick jones aka the boundless Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Nick Jones, a.k.a. The Boundless. Nick, how are you, sir? Good, good. Good to meet welcome. you, man. Hey, you too. Welcome. Welcome to the, the John Jewels podcast. Uh, so I became aware of you years ago uh, through my brother, uh, our previous guest, Professor Click, and uh, he he was telling me about both you and another fellow who was going by the name of Roybot, and uh, was uh, was very big fans, uh, very big fan of both of yours. And um, I think I've seen you perform at least twice now. And okay. uh, but most recently, you were a part of uh, the big night where. It was you and Roybot and was it Nevada Hardware? Yeah, that? that's actually my brother. Oh, that's your brother, oh, right? Yeah. Okay, so Nevada Hardware and and then and then my brother. So yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, but uh, I uh, I was in there watching your set, and uh, I I have to say I was particularly taken with it. I was very impressed with it. I was very intrigued with the gear you you were using, which we'll cool. get to in a little bit, um, and just you know you're you, you're able to because of what you're doing, you're able to be more involved in the show and just kind of literally dance and hang out on stage, you know, while you're making music, and that's so awesome. Yeah. Um, so, but just to kind of you know reel things back a little bit. Um, at what age and how did you kind of start getting into doing this sort of music? This kind of music, it was always adjacent and I had taught myself the piano when I moved into this current apartment. I'm still in here in Chicago because uh, I needed a piano in the dining room. And so I decided like a, a digital piano, not a big yeah. one it's on the second floor that I don't want to have to crane it up. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I just started teaching myself piano. My brother lived with me at the time, and he was like, their keyboard player had flaked. And so he said, hey, I'd love to get you in as a keyboard player. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I started teaching myself piano. I had musical training before I played the tuba and other stuff in college and high school. Um, but then uh, actually his meeting Roybot was one of the main pieces is that I work with him. I work at Loyola Chicago in IT. Now at the time I was working in the registration office um, so it was more registration and records, still with computers though, like the technical yeah. side, and just randomly talked to him and asked him, um, I think it, it was one of those weird larks where I was like, oh, um, I'm going to buy this piece of music gear, just making conversation. And then he ended up being an electronic musician. So shortly thereafter, we started uh, collaborating in a project called Digital Gnosis. G-N-O-S-I-S. That, that's a big project of him and I. And he's actually how I met, I saw, we saw your brother perform um, yeah. at, at Reggie's. Um, so anyway, that's how I got into it. Uh, Nick Libertor, Roybot, he basically showed me how to do electronic music a bit. And then I, I, I'm really, I like to teach myself and learn as much as I can and then get really cutting edge with what I do. Um, so we were both worked on digital gnosis for a while. 
Um, we still are working on it. We're doing a surround sound album in that. Actually, there's rear speakers here in like a. Oh, very um, cool. Yeah, like it, it's raised up a little bit because there's a center channel. Um, yeah. In front of me. Um, we're going to try to do Atmos with that. That'll be coming out next year. Um, probably the stereo mix, and then we're going to do Atmos mix. But anyway, yeah, it's a long, twisted story. So that's a very simple question. I'm just going. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, as you, I, one of the things I know, so I've, I, I listened to uh, quite a few of your albums, and um, I will say that uh, the one I really have enjoyed lately was Drift. Okay, uh, from cool. 2018. Um, it's a very, I, I was trying to think of a good word to describe it. And I guess esoteric is maybe the best way I can, I can, okay. I can wrap it up. It's like, you know, it's, I, I like that it's got some ambience to it, but it also has some hard beats at the same time. Yeah. And I've actually been listening to that while I've been playing the re-release of the original 8-bit Final Fantasy. Nice. And it actually makes good background music oh, cool. to that. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but one of the things I noticed is that you have done a lot of collaborations uh, yeah. with other people as well. And, um, you know, I do know that you and Roybot and, uh, professor click all came together during the pandemic and, uh, did the, uh, the KBR, uh, album, um, or EP. And, uh, I'm curious to know, like, how you, how does that work for you to collaborate with other people? You know, like who, like just like to narrow it down let's talk about the kbr okay um like how does a song get started like does does one person kind of throw out the initial idea and then other people start kind of adding into it or is it just little bits coming together i you know i'm, I'm always interested to know how collaborations work with people we kind of found our process. One of the projects I had, um, Digital Gnosis, again, has been 15 years, and Nick Libertor, Roybot, is in that. So I'd worked with him, performed live with him for 15 years. So he and I, when I collaborate with him, that's excellent. That's Carlon right there. It's, that's it's Chicago. The yeah. <laughs> um, so when I collaborate with him, um, he kind of shows up here, and we just make a lot of noise and just go for it. Like sure. and it's just trying to keep up with all kinds of chaos. Like the the car alarm is is trying to do that with us right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's just because we're invoking the spirit of digital gnosis and Roybot. Anyway, right. so I did that. Another project I've done is called Do D U, and actually worked with Professor Click and Roybot in that. That's okay. um, that project. It's it's really buried on the internet. I've never really like pushed it, and I'm really kind of happy with that because it's like this kind of playground space. So it's a bunch of musicians, sound people that in different shows I met, made friends through it. Um, and that's how I got to know Professor Click more as we made music in that project. Sure. And that one really the idea is that two musicians enter and one song leaves, it's like Thunderdome. You just kind of like show up and, and that project is really to get yourself outside of your comfort zone, like going really experimental or like, hey, I never done a country song or something with even those elements. Right. kind of do that that's what yeah but with kbr what's fascinating about it is it's normally i mean i was in a band i like the band it was fun for a while but then i started writing more it's easier to write with two people than it is for three but that's why i think kbr is special primarily one of the reasons it worked all three of us really respect each other's sounds individually mm -hmm. and work in three different kind of spaces yeah, I noticed I can tell that for sure. I mean, it's interesting because like when I listen to your music versus listening to the other two, it, it, you're absolutely right. And, it, and that's a good way of putting it is that just you guys all seem to have your own territory, but I can see how you can easily then start putting it together because nobody's stepping on each other's feet in that one. Yeah, you know. I think for that for KBR in particular, really it was just it's it was five songs. No, we did six songs. Yeah. One of them we started ten years earlier. That's why it was called Ten Years Earlier. Literally was. Mm. It was a thing that Roybot had said. One of my first electronic shows, uh, both Click and Roybot played on, and it was um, back in 2011. 
And then Roybot said, each of us just do two minutes and then hand it off, kind of like a big exquisite corpse. But And we did six tracks like that. And one of the six was really good. And that was the one that was the final song 10 years earlier, which then 10 years later, after figuring out how to collaborate, we're like, what if now we know more what we're doing also musically 10 years is a lot of time to learn about making music so sure. that's where we we built it up but anyway so that the uh, kbr started as a do project actually just with uh with mike he just i think he just texted me randomly i hadn't talked to him for uh maybe years and he was just like hey man what are you doing like you want to make some meat i'm like let's just use they had this thing called splice that like yeah. that doesn't do this anymore, but where you could sync up and um, and basically I was like, well, yes, that's where Wolves of Babylon came out. I was like, I just yeah. I just did little pieces. I gave them to him. We went back and forth. We're all using the same program too. that helps. And it right. helps Ableton Live is cross platform. Yeah. So so we all were using that and learning from each other. It was nice. We grew that way, too. So you just keep sending each other different versions, you know, make your own edits to it, send it back, see what they think. They, you know, add their, their stuff and just keep yeah. mixing, mixing up the, uh, the recipe until you come out with what tastes good. Yeah, it's, it's a good way to put it. The other thing is, is that I write um, non-linearly and so does Nick, I know, too. And I, th I think Mike does a bit sometimes, too, where you're just kind of the great thing about Ableton is instead of using it, just like taking it from where it's made to play live performance and then going. Um, it's so it has little loops that you keep triggering and putting together. So you're kind of going with what you're just hearing and then you stitch that together. So yeah, so we were just even sharing the same template, the same album template where we're like, OK, here's this song. Now, or the, here's a here's the track and he'd make a version of it. He'd add things to it. I'd add things to it. Then we brought Roybot in. And the good thing is also, I think it helped that all three of us work in IT because yeah. then we could we could we were we even made the joke. I'm like, we're going to implement this dance track. And we were just like, and we were just it was a really good energy every time we collaborated because it, it really um, it really brought some things out that I wouldn't normally do. Sure. Um, like I felt like a, a license to go wilder, which was fun. I always wanted to. And so here I was like, I mean, we would just we had a mutual love um, that we that I got to really lean into of ridiculous movies like Airplane and uh, like yeah. there's samples of Airplane in there, yeah. um, like when they're taking off. Beetlejuice is sampled. He says Showtime at one point. I yeah. hope that, uh, you know, if they come after us. We only have to say Beetlejuice two more times. Well, these are these are all I, I I know for a fact. These are all my brother's like favorite movies too, as well. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, no, it's very cool because um, you guys just you do seem to uh, gel very well together, and I see how the collaboration seems to to work for you. And the thing is, is that when you are in a collaborating uh, situation like that. It's like you said, you are kind of given like a license to try things that you normally wouldn't do, you know, yeah. because you're trying to you're trying to meet a specific goal. And sometimes the avenue to get there is going to mean doing something different than what you normally do. So yeah. and that's great because it makes you expand as an artist and it pushes you to try new things and you you know, hopefully stumble you either stumble upon something great or you find out that you're not interested in doing that anymore you know? so yeah i think to, oh go ahead uh, no, no, I was no. Ask, is it hard to get agreement then with the three of you like this is now done a finished product you just kind of vibe it and we just listen to it and we're like all right this is what it is we're like hey it's 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 where we've all written uh roy Butt has done a project called weekly beats where he's written 150 songs total between each the three years he's done it I've written a ton of music. I think Mike's written a lot of music. So that we're not precious about a lot of it. We're like, okay, we kind of know at this point where you're just like chasing your tail and you're just chasing frequencies and things like that, where you know just to take a break. And when you have other people, it's easy. Like when I'm writing music alone, I sometimes can listen to a bass kick and I just hear the bass kick or I just hear something wrong. When you're with like, especially like I know, because again, no digital gnosis a long time. I'll look at Nick and I'm like, what is, are you hearing this? He's like, I don't hear anything there. I'm like, oh, you're right. There's, there really is nothing there. <laughs> you just, yeah. So it, it actually helps the process to have 
two people at least other people's you know perspective on things yeah yeah and that's the kind of nice thing also about because I, I mentioned my brother also and that we have a little imprint called think break records um kbr is on that that if you go to thinkbreakrecords.com uh that's a plug that that title again is thinkbreakrecords.com everything is free um it is um it's really just a way for the us to have a space on this. So it's not just us in our bedrooms just throwing shit in the void. We're just like, oh, here you go. Here's Think Break. And there's a kind of sound that we know. I mean, I have my own solo project, which is the Nick underscore Jones project. I That's another one of my music projects. I scored the Odyssey in there at Loyola, like the whole Odyssey. There's oh, a score wow. of that. Yeah. It's that's I think Nick Jones twenty six thought Bandcamp or you Nick know that's uh, it's interesting you said that because when I was when I was listening um, to some of your music and like I said I was a big fan of of Drift I just felt like Drift sounded very much like a, a score almost in a lot of ways so I was interested I was wondering if you ever did anything where you scored something like that yeah I did a couple things um, okay. one was. Um, the audit again working at Loyola they switched it all to zoom and so I was locked down I'm like well here's my opportunity I know the odyssey right now let's do it let me do because we're going to do a zoom odyssey which I think without a score would have been really really painful for sure three hours, <laughs> yeah you know so I was like let me just score this I had all the I had been I because of digital gnosis and other projects I'm doing I have like pretty professional scoring instrumentation and tools that they use that I've just collected over the last 15 years doing this. So I was like, all right, let me just use what this stuff is intended for, not just put it with giant beats. So I did that. I discord another short film, um, like a couple of them that were pretty good. One got in some festivals. I felt good about it. Um, it was called, um, oh, I should know what the heck I scored. <laughs> um, what the heck was it called? I'm going to look it up. I have my website just so I, I knew this would happen. Um, it was called They Grow Up So Fast, which was really kind of a, a post-apocalyptic Home Alone, which was funny. They wrote it before yeah. the pandemic, and then they decided, um, they were like, oh, let's have some kind of disaster happen. And then they had a fake newspaper that said pandemic. And so I'm scoring something about the pandemic. But yeah, yeah. yeah it was good. Anyway, scored a few things. Um, a biggest score I did actually really one of the craziest with these gloves um, because of the gloves I met some really as you can imagine cutting edge people who love doing technology yeah um, so one was a is I still want to work with her again she's a quantum physicist um, and she's also ballerina with the Boston Ballet she's actually going to be dancing there um, in Sleeping Beauty coming up um, wow so with her, she also programs robots and like robot arms, like industrial robots. So she needed music. So I scored that. I like created a score using the gloves for her and another dancer to play. And then also a giant dance piece. And I went out to the Boston Ballet and did it there. And oh, also, wow. Uh, Harvard flew me out. So I did it at Harvard for the beginning of their AI school. It was like what kicked it off. Like it was like... Wow. Wow, yeah. that's a that's really cool. So I I wanted to I wanted to to get into this. Uh, so this is as good a time as any. So when I saw you play um, less than a month ago or whenever it was, yeah. uh, you had the gloves. So you what what you've got? I've explained to the people what 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 you've got. You've got these gloves that you've are are sort of like controllers that you've assigned sounds and beats and loops or whatever to or i'm or maybe i'm assuming too much no, that's that. sort of how it is i think that's you interesting go, to hear how you receive what it is so that's yeah you yeah. you you explained it i i i you know i'm i'm i don't know what i'm talking about no it's basically <laughs> back in 2012 uh i didn't do it that i think it was that they were developing along before then there's an artist imogen heap you might be familiar with um i don't know her personally but she does like uh there's that movie garden state there was that song let go at the end there's another one hide and seek um, a lot of yeah she did a lot of music she always wanted it she's really innovative in technology she really wanted to make something where she could more interact and not just have to like so especially as a singer yeah you know like i'm not a singer with it but that's where it's kind of made for like she could grab the sound do some reverb do whatever else so on a lark i decided to um just email that followed the company and i just found their contact and i was like 
you guys need beta testers? Yeah. And they were like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So then they sent me this program called, it was during the pandemic, like right, right before the pandemic I did, then the gloves kind of went, I mean, they were not inexpensive, but um, I'm glad I saved up for them and were able to do them because they are, they were changing my whole perspective on music. Um, but anyway, so I beta test, I was the first Windows tester for this program called Glover. So what it does is um, it's, it's the, the, the gloves themselves don't make music. It's just controlling my workstation called Ableton Live. So it's coming right. in there and I can then assign it to do all kinds of things. Right. So like, and it learns your postures. So oh, like really? if I make a fist, it knows what that is. And it does um, uh, like geometrical math. Basically it's called quaternion geometry. I think something like that. I'm not a mathematician, but it's basically yeah. I push a button. There's a button on it too. So there is something analog button. Yeah. That's where it says, if I'm here, I push a button and it says, Hey, set forwards. So then everything is relation to that point. So this is now left. This is now right for each hand. Okay. Um, so you do all that. Um, so that that's one of the things that it does. So I used it in the show that you saw, right? Uh, the main thing I do is I beat repeat. Um, I had a chaos pad uh, as a little pad that you touch to like repeat the music. Sure. I translated that set now into Ableton and the gloves so that if I make a fist, it beats, it does a quarter note repeat. If I point, it does an eighth note. And if I do two finger point, it does a 16th note. That's nuts, man. Wow. Because you gotta, because you gotta keep all that in mind as far as like what the hand gestures are going to create what beats and stuff. I mean, that's a lot to, I, I, to me at least, that sounds like a lot to like keep track of while you're out there on stage in front of a live audience, man. Yeah, and it's well for that. It's like well, those are the, the harder things that I did. That that I think it was funny was something that happened during the show. I'll tell you what I do, how I set it up, and then how it went wrong. So I set it up. Also, I love soloing and kind because of, I have eight different tracks. It's like here's the bass, here's the drums. Um, oh, I also had it so that if I point down with like two fingers like this, mm. it will crossfade immediately to being just the melodies. And then if I open my hand up, it would go to like both things. For made a fist, it go just the bass. The other thing I did is if I pointed different directions, it would solo different tracks. So it was like uh, one finger point to the right, my right hand to the right would be um, soloing the melodies. This would be soloing, yeah. So I I just rehearse a lot. I think also I didn't mention, I probably should have mentioned my background before any of this music was theater. So I I have a degree in acting. Okay. That's obviously why well, I work that, in IT now. That makes um, a lot so, of sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah my, <laughs> my degrees in theater and acting and playwriting and directing, like that, I did all of that. So for me, it's translating that. It's like the gloves allow me to unify both worlds what everything I've done, all the plays I've been in and all of that stuff, then with the music. So I'm not just kind of, I yeah, love it. It all, I mean, cul it all culminates into this one in one thing for you there. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the fun thing with this, this is my third time ever playing with the gloves. The first time was last year. And then I played, you know, uh, I played in uh, Madison at University mm -hmm. of Wisconsin. They just had me out to the terrace like their big like thing outside that people just drinking pitchers of beer. I had never played for an audience who really didn't care at all, but yeah. I got them going in the end. That was, that was definitely one of the most challenging. Well, shows. I think it's just, I mean, like I, it didn't take much. Like I went in and I started watching your set and then just because I felt like there were people in the bar who were hanging out and kind of missing out on it. I actually went out and like grabbed a few people. And I was like, dude, you got to see this dude, man. I'm like, he's like <laughs> playing this set with his gloves, man. And like, so a bunch of people ended up started going in there and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you gotta, you guys are missing this. I'm like, this is, I mean, so it's like visually, it's very cool to see you doing, cool. doing that. You know, it's like, it, it really does draw you in. And it's just fascinating to see and wonder like, how the hell does he keep all of this straight? And, you know, it's like, you don't, you know, the I'm a very casual observer. I know very little about any of this stuff. And I, you know, but I even I can look at it and, you know, I record music in more of a just, you know, guitar based traditional way type yeah. of thing. So what you guys do is just beyond me. I can't even fathom trying to do it. And 
you know, so to see you up there, you know, controlling, and I know that you are controlling everything that's happening and everything up there. I'm just like, wow. I'm like, that is, I have, I, I feel like I've seen a lot, but I, I have not seen that. So I just was like, this is, this is very cool. Very cool. It's very, very special. So well, I think those are, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're, you're up. You let me go first last time. Go ahead. Okay. Now the, the thing that was funny that happened was that, so when we were doing sound check, I, I just, you know, I wanna be cognizant. We're all just laptop jockeys and we all mix slightly different. The ben, venues are getting better about mixing actually for the, they're not just like, ah, just set it and forget it, who cares? It's like, no, right. we all have radically different things coming the up. Sound, the sound was very good that night, I thought. I felt so too. I'm, yeah. glad, and a part, I'm glad that we all checked it and dialed it in. So what I did was I was opening, so I was like, okay, well, you know, here, Doug, if you want to go in and, you know, and Mike, if you want to do your align check. So we were all on the right-hand side of the stage. Then I forgot to plug my laptop back in. So <laughs> the funny thing is song three. Um, so it kind of, it didn't throw me completely, but I was still like, all right, we're just kind of hanging on for the rest of this set. Cause I was like in the zone, I'm like it's all working. And then I'm like, oh no. Uh, so my laptop had the thing that said low battery warning. And I thought for a second, I'm like, am I going to risk this? And it was like a nub because it's serving out yeah, every yeah. I have it on high performance mode. Well, yeah, I'm laptop. sure you've got so yeah. much running through it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, so the funny thing was that I dived down to plug my laptop back in. And so it was <laughs> randomly then beat repeating during the set yeah. um, or different things with solo. So it almost looked like. It was on fire because I had to. If I uh, another thing I had is that I solo things. And if I flick my wrist, it unsolos everything. So I was constantly flicking my wrist <laughs> to make it so that all the music comes back. Yeah. Bill, you know, I was just going to ask, like, what, you know, back with the glove. Um, you know, you 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 obviously played a lot of actual instruments. You know, tuba, piano. You said. So does, does the glove at some point become like second nature to you almost like, you know, when you're playing the piano, you got to know which keys and how long to hit them and what order and all that. Does, yeah. is it kind of the same concept at some point? You can do the thing with them. That's really crazy. I find in using it. I'm glad. I mean, what's great about it is such a boutique company. They give you, they, for at least during the pandemic also because where else were we going, they would have, and they're, they're in London. And they would have weekly meetings where everyone would just talk about how they're using them, um, share ideas. I presented a couple times. I wrote a Max for Light, which is a, a program inside of Ableton Live. I wrote a program specifically for the gloves. The company is so small, they, they shared what I had done um, with their community. But anyway, one of the things I did do for this show and I wanna get further into is that um, I played, it was Roy Bott's birthday. So I played happy birthday. I don't know if you saw that, Tommy, the yeah, yeah, yeah. happy birthday with the gloves. Right. So like, um, and use the instrument that we always use in digital gnosis. We always have this one specific oboe patch because on this, I have a Phantom X7 old school Roland keyboard, hardcore keyboard. And it was like the sixth or seventh patch. So we always use that. So anyway, I sampled that and played it live. But what's yeah, and what that was kind of hard. I figured out a way. They have like what they call a chord machine inside of it, so you can set the chords that you want to play. Like, and so I could make a fist and four words, and that's one chord. Fist left is another. When I did the Harvard thing, um, that's what we had the dancers do, and it was interesting because I was they're not musicians, and I had to show them like that they were dancers. So we were in this hybrid space where I'm like, yeah, go yeah. forwards for three counts. You know, you just gotta go yeah. they did it wow. um so it has a chord machine it has a uh a no, what they call the note matrix which basically is like you um you basically it's almost like you can set different notes in a keyboard and you run your hand across it sure like up and down yeah. as a piano player and improviser i i i think i can see where that's kind of cool and where that can be interesting, but it just, I always want to be, I always hear the next improvisational note to happen. And then I can't go to that note because I'm locked. So I almost felt like I was cutting my hands off and had stumps that I was yeah. going across the keyboard. You were, so you I, felt, you felt limited. I felt limited. Yeah. Yeah. That's a less disgusting way to say that. Than <laughs> <laughs> cutting your hands off. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so 
I what I wrote was a, a patch that made it so again, this is such a versatile program, this program called Glover, they still sell they have the, all the that you can't buy the gloves right now there's like a 3000 person waiting list. Oh, it's huge I'm, I'm just throwing a number out there it's a giant waiting list, because supply chain and the world ended for a while. Right. Um, so now they're designing new gloves with new parts and all that kind of stuff. And they make that's they also make sure it's all sustainable and they have a big no sweatshop policy of like that's why it's even more expensive because sure, yeah, they but make it, sure to it's right. better that they're doing it the right way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. But it's so powerful. I was gonna say is that so I made it so that I could specifically say what notes I wanted to do. So I recreated the piano, so it's like if I move my thumb that was like the middle C or the C right and then I moved my fingers and it would be like C to the G and then if I went to the right it was like uh so it was C to G and then it'd be F to uh F to I got piano here F to C and then if I went down it was G to D that's nuts so, and and like mm-hmm. I said it's it's the fact that I mean because wow. you have to memorize all of that stuff and then play another song where all of these are assigned to different things, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's, I couldn't, I just, from a memory standpoint, I couldn't, I couldn't hang with that. There's no way. I mean, let alone you have to perform it. Plus there's timing. I mean, just all of it. I mean, it's just, I'm, I was, I was very impressed with what I saw and even more impressed to hear what goes in behind it and everything too. But I, 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 crawl before I walk is a lot of my whole thing. I go into the workshop and then finally, even when I did play the instruments live, it was when there's no other music going on. It's just me playing happy birthday and the yeah. left hand wasn't chords. It was just drum beats. But, but that's how you, but that's how you get better at it and you figure it out. And you know, it's all just, you know, experimentation. And especially when you do it in front of a live audience, you know, it just, you know, it, it, it puts the pressure on and it makes you have to really, dig deep and uh you know but i mean if what i saw was relatively one of the early uh performances of this i i mean i was pretty impressed so i mean i'm i'm really i'm glad i'm glad to hear that as a because again it's encouraging to keep going and all that but like, oh please yeah absolutely yeah. do because i i mean like you know and then and and uh, and, and again like i said it's it's the live performance is very, very impressive, but I do also really enjoy the, uh, the recordings that you've done too. And, um, uh, and again, you know, you're very versatile in the fact that you, I've seen you collaborated with, you know, several people, uh, at this point. And, uh, that's just, you know, I, I've, I have never, I I'm a semi musician myself on a very minor level but done very little like creative collaborating with anybody else and so just that process alone fascinates me and like you know like how does it all break down and stuff so i think it builds you as a better artist though because again like you said it kind of forces you into situations where you have to try new things that you might not have thought of before and it's just based on circumstance you know and and trying to adapt to what you're what you're trying to create with the other person or persons involved yeah i I think Um, something something with that is i think that's why the next album i'm doing is actually just solo i've not done a solo album since the drift album in 2018 um so that's the next thing i'm doing i'm working on a solo album. i played one of the songs the one where I chopped Macbeth's head off over and over again. I saw that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I have, that's the other thing, uh, John is that I have, um, video in sync the whole time. Oh, wow. Cool. So yeah, yeah there's a, a program cool. called Resolume that makes it so that I can ad hoc do little video clips so I can still improvise and I don't have to stay attached to like a timeline. Right. I can just steal oh. the video can chop it up. It's like a VJ program. Very cool. Um, are you uh are you on youtube anywhere is there anywhere anyone can see any of this stuff sort of i'm trying to get it all contained again i think it's like that's that's the thing that the thing for the last few years of just saying how can i focus i the boundless has a youtube i think really the think break records youtube is more 
what I would okay. direct people to. Okay. We're going to start releasing more videos. Roybot's got an awesome album coming out in Think Break. Uh, Nevada Hardware's got an awesome album coming out. He works a lot slower than I do, which is good. I mean, he, he's really sure. Whatever, however you got to do, it. however yeah. long he works, but it's great. That's coming out, and then um, I'll probably either before my brother or after him shortly. I'll have an album. So we'll have, it's like this next layer of what Think Break is. We just kind of threw something out there nice. as, as a collection. And then P DJs in the, we're kind of in the goth industrial scene. We're kind of adjacent. We can be in all kinds of scenes. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. But that's kind of the scene that's embraced. And we embrace that. We love always the wax tracks music the the wax tracks scene uh wax you had track. a pretty yeah there was a pretty eclectic audience there at the show i was at i mean it was yeah. there was you know people of all different types there and stuff so uh um, yeah but i i could see how you could appeal to all all types really i mean so um well that's the that's we'll we'll link all of that to this episode so people can check that out yeah cool and, uh john you got anything else here no, the only thing I was going to say is, um, yeah, I came to the table late, later, much later than Tommy. Um, but I, I have checked your stuff out on that uh, Think Break site. Okay. And I, I, and I freely admit um, it's ordinarily not my type of music, but I really did enjoy your music. I, I, I thought it was really cool stuff. Like Tommy had said, he explained it much better than I am. But I yeah. thought it was really cool stuff. And unfortunately, I missed the show because it sounds like it was fantastic. But, uh, you know, I hope to catch it sometime in the future. We're going to, Digital Gnosis is going to play a show in September at Burlington. It's not announced. I know Burlington announced it finally. So we're playing with uh, September 16th. And that's two pairs of gloves, actually. The other, the very, one of the very last pairs before they stopped was actually Nick Libertor. Roybot has a pair of gloves. Yeah. So we're going to figure out how all of that works. And we might well, also Well, use... I think this yeah. is this is uh, an excuse for John and I to go out to a show. Yeah, oh, definitely. Plenty of time ahead. Yeah. yeah. So September we'll... 16th is a while, yeah. All right. So uh yeah, I mean, obviously I know where it is and uh so we'll uh yeah, let's plan on going out to see that then and we'll uh uh get to check that out and then maybe get you back on the show and uh talk about it and yeah, well, it'd be cool to have even have Roybot on with me here because he lives down. The I agree. I would love it if we could have both of you or on. Zoom. Um, we don't have to be in the same room. It no, you don't have to be in the same place. No. <laughs> well, we are uh, we are planning on uh, talking to him as well. So, cool. and then if we can get both of you on at the same time, it'll be all the better. So, double the fun. Uh, or, or even if we can uh, maybe get all three of KBR on at some point, it's uh, it's tough with the time zones, but you know, might we be can make it work. Time. Yeah. We made it work for the whole thing. We, were, we yeah. figured it all out. We well, it was it was an excellent night. I had a wonderful time. It was really great to see all of you guys perform, and um, and it was just uh, again, I was impressed, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show and get to talk cool. to you. So, thank you for coming on. And yeah. um, is there anything? Uh, I mean, other than your website, anywhere else people should check you out online um i'd say think break records is right now for the boundless the best thing i have a website actually it's nickjonesnexus.com i have like i'm redesigning it right now it's like a sprawling database of a bunch of art stuff i've done sure but um i'm trying to get it focused in because i'm really also focusing on my playwriting um uh, there's a small group called tuesdays at nine actually tomorrow night they're reading a, a scene of mine they just it's cold reading stuff but like so they show wow. up and just read it. So like there's this, a short scene that I wrote 20 years ago, but they're they're doing a little piece of it. So yeah. Jack of all trades, man. Wow. This guy this guy does everything. The Renaissance yeah. man. Yeah. It, well, it's oh, I think about I realized about playwriting and music is they both involve time and it's just how you manage how time unfolds. I mean, that sounds pretentious as hell, but it's really <laughs> what it is. It's yeah. like it's like how I got my, I can tell my mute, my plays that I wrote, I was a playwright before I was a musician. My plays I wrote before um, I was a musician were not as good. Like after I was a musician, I'm like, okay, now I get it. And when I hear the the speech, like I saw another, they read the same group Tuesdays at nine, Chicago, they're uh, Chicago dramatists on Aberdeen. Um, and this is their last show of the season. They're going to start up again in September. But anyway, they, um, read another one of my plays and just hearing it out loud, I'm like, okay, 
I know music has helped me. And it's also helped me like for other plays and things. I'm like, you know, when you're writing, the best thing to, to learn is that like, you don't need to, you know, once you finally hit a certain point, you're like, okay, I know I can write a beautiful string line. This song doesn't need a beautiful string line. So you know what to cut. You just cut those darlings and go from right. there. That's what I've learned. And I've learned, I've translated that to my plays even easier now. I'm just like, all right, this is, right. I just had something to prove here. You don't got to, and you never, no one ever had anything to prove. And I think that's the big thing about creating. It's just like, you feel you do, but you're like, you don't. You yeah. just got to like, just, just lay back, like just, you know, let the groove go and let the, let the through line happen. Let the story land, let it go where it needs to go. That's awesome. Right on. Well, that's awesome to hear that it, it, it all is translated across platforms for you and it's making you a better artist across the board. So, yeah. Well, Nick, thank you again so much for coming on here and giving us your time. We appreciate it a lot. Um, everybody should definitely check out The Boundless. Uh, I know you're on Spotify. Are you on anywhere else where people can listen to you? Apple Music, all Apple, the streamers. All the streamers. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then thinkbreakrecords.com, of course. And uh, coming up in September, keep an eye out for them. Uh, they'll be out there playing. And uh, hopefully John and I will be out there in the audience as well. So that'd be great. Yeah. September 16th at Burlington bar. Awesome. We go on first. So probably us nine o'clock or so. Beautiful. All right, bro. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's thank been you, a sir. real honor yeah. and you are, uh, you are a great performer. You are a fantastic musician. And according to my brother, you are a wonderful friend and I know, right. he I know he loves you very much and he's great too. Yeah. So Thank you uh, for uh, coming on, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully catch up again soon. All right, bro? Excellent, excellent. All right. Great thanks, talking to you, man. Good night, thanks. man. Yeah, you too. All right. Take care. Bye. Nick Jones, everybody. Uh, the Boundless. Uh, his creativity knows no bounds. Uh, I was just going to say, you might say, yeah, there's no bounds to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, a playwright, a uh, an artist, a, a musician. Uh, 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 uh Yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, he's hitting all the marks. No, very, uh, very, very cool. Um, I I enjoyed. You know, because I, I had heard some of his music over the years, just in small bits, but obviously in preparation for the interview and everything, I wanted to, you know, really get more familiar with it and stuff and really, um, really did end up enjoying a lot of what I heard. And um, like I said, I mean, you know, not to put one above the rest of what he's done, but that album Drift, honestly, is is something that I will be listening to uh, a little bit more often now. And, you know, I mean, like I, I dig that. It's got a real cool soundscape to it. Um, uh, it's, it's somewhat ambient, but yet uh, still has some, uh, some beat to it without being like overly bombastic. And I just find it to be really great. That's a, that's a good one to have a gummy and just kind of, kick back and let that shit play in the background or something. I know you well, like know, I, like I, I told about like, that, but you know, that's not exactly my my usual taste in music, but um in doing the research and actually after you told me about him initially, I started looking him up and um I checked out a lot of the stuff on Think Break Records and I I I really enjoyed his work. I really enjoyed his work. So like and the cool thing is like that opens up you know, a different um, genre of music, I guess, for me, like, you know, that I usually would. would yeah, choose. you know, and, and I can see, you know, it, it, you know, a lot of like electronic music can get lumped in with with one another and stuff. But it's like if you you can listen to my brother, Professor Click. And, you know, I love his stuff. It's on my it's on my. Uh, yeah, you've the used funny. the music before. It's it's our yeah. theme. Or it's our theme music for the show and our and our uh, incidental music and everything. But while they do while they're in the same genre more or less you can hear a distinct difference between the two of them yes. you know um yeah. i found nick's uh nick's stuff to be a little more 
I, you know, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's good mood music, man. I just like, I, I like, I, that's, that's just stuff I can just put on. I could have that out at a party and just have that. And it just would be nice, chill, you know, I don't know. I, it just, like I said, it sounded like I told him it sounded very much like a score to something. And I, you know, uh, I, I like that sound. And then again, you know, I know I told you, probably the day after I saw the show, I was like, dude, there was this guy and he had these gloves and he's the gloves fascinate me. I was like, the gloves are just like, I was blown away by it. And I literally, like I, like I was telling him, like I was watching this and unfortunately, like not too many people had moved into the room where the sound, where the music was just yet. Cause he was one of the first guys going up and I came back out and I got my buddy Rick and a few other people. And I was like, dude, you got to see the, you got to come in here and see this guy. He's got like the power gloves from Nintendo or something. Like <laughs> like, like, it, yeah. I was like, they look like the, you know, and he's up there and he's just like, he's moving. And yeah, he puts his arms out and he hits a thing and he puts out a finger and he does this and whatever. And it's just like, and you can see that like, he's controlling all of this music. And again, like I said, the memorization, because just that one song, everything's assigned to a very specific part of how you right. execute it. And then the yeah. next one, he's got it set up like a piano. So now he's going to play. That to me is the crazy part. Like, like yeah. memorizing, like doing one song, I get it. Like, like, you know, when you're playing a piano, you got to memorize the notes, you got to memorize the order and all that. So I could relate like one song to that. But the fact that the next song, all the stuff changes, and then he still right. is, he still is a, he's got to memorize that. Then. Like that's that's like memorizing you know ten instruments a night. Well, I mean, and to and to his credit, though, I mean, what he said was is you know it, it comes down to practice, and that's like any band. I mean, it's playing it over and over and over again so that you know that when by the time you got to get out there and do it, you know how to do it and everything so it's not something he just willy-nilly just goes out there and starts no, doing no. he's got to no. actually rehearse and practice this and everything so uh just i'm very impressed i i i you know i i think you know me well enough to know that i am not uh easily impressed well, clearly because somehow you've managed not to be impressed by me i've never been impressed by you um but we can't agree that we're both impressed by him yeah absolutely and um and on a personal note my brother i know um he has always spoken very very highly of him and and really considers him to be a, a really good friend and uh anybody who's a good friend of my brother is in my cool book so i second um, that you know uh, we agree again yeah, well, this is some some things are just undeniable, and even you and I can agree on it. So, uh, but again, thank you to Nick for coming on the show. I appreciate it, and um, uh, we are going to uh, reach out to Roybot as well for the trifecta, and uh, talk to him if we can. So, uh, with that, I of course have been who else? But Tommy else. And with me as always, the man on the beat. From Johnji'sbeat.com, Mr. John Rodlowski.